to our sidekicks and henchfolk out there in the Geek Nation. You're currently tuning into the Cult Pop Podcast live stream, a.k.a. Spoiler Alert, episode 771, wherein we will review some of this past week's comics as well as nothing else. Probably nothing else. It's going to be just that. It's me and Brian today. We're going to yeah. blow through these shits. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located at 4327 Main Street in Philadelphia, mm. PA, a super rad shop which caters to super rad folks. Uh, joining me tonight are Brian. I are here. <laughs> <laughs> here I are in the flesh. Sup, fellas? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I am the multitudes. Did, now comes the part, disc, or I read the discussion topic. Throw to Brian to introduce the reboot question. Brian, introduce hey. the reboot question. Oh, yeah. Well, I was, I was uh, wondering the other day if... It's a difficult question to phrase. What are your thoughts on a reboot versus a, uh, I don't even know what you call it, like a return to something, right? That's something that's been popular for the last, I don't know, five, six years, seven years. There's been a lot of, like, let's go back to that same universe, but it's now, you know, 20 years later, you know, Um, coming to America 2, Murphy Brown. Those are probably the two most high profile. <laughs> <laughs> Murphy Brown had one? She did. Or what? it did. It did, I guess, is actually yeah. the more appropriate pronoun in this case, because it's the show. But uh, and I meant to watch it because I loved Murphy Brown. But I didn't watch I remember, it. I remember that there was a show called Murphy Brown. Yeah, yeah. It was, and it starred Murphy Brown. Oh. Yeah. Well, the character. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so my question is, if which one is more important to you for them to get right, right? Like, which one do you have more invested in? Um, For me, the answer is clear. But, you know, if they do a reboot, like the Star Trek reboot movie, or then they return to it, um, this is specifically more Picard because the Star Trek universe is this something that has been returned to many, many times. But um, what other ones? In fact, Buffy uh, is one, but in comics form, where they both returned to that universe and done a so total So is reboot. it more important to me for them to get yeah. a return to something correct or a reboot correct? Yeah, or that you were satisfied. Like, or Star Wars, you could say. That only has one of them, but... Would you care as much if they did a reboot of the original trilogy and you didn't like it as much? Or if you were unhappy with the sequel trilogy? You know, that kind of thing. Hmm. It's more important for them to get it right with returning to something. Yeah. Because a reboot is a reboot. A reboot is a completely different thing. Uh, And it can be to its benefit. So I am a big fan of the Evil Dead trilogy. Evil Dead... Mm -hmm. Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and then Army of Darkness, which mm-hmm. I just recently discovered 
Evil Dead 3, Army oh. of Darkness, was originally going to be called Medieval Dead, oh, which to me is oh, that's awesome. such a good name. Yeah. Yeah, the, oh, Medieval Dead? Get the, come on. Yeah. How, how did they, I can't believe they, they squandered that opportunity. Anyway, they did they a I thought that people would like, there would be some segment of potential viewers who would see Medieval and be like, eh, that's not the kind of thing for me. Like, not knowing what it actually was. Right. That it was the kind of thing for them, you know? Instead of yeah. Army of Darkness? Uh, Either way, they probably yeah. saw the trailer, which takes place in medieval times. They'd be like, oh, this is a medieval Army of Darkness story. Yeah. <laughs> we should go see this. They, see, I thought, it was, I thought it was more confusing that it wasn't in line with the Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2. And then the third yeah. one's just called Army of Darkness. Army it's of like, Darkness. Die yeah. Hard, Die Hard 2, Die Harder, and then... Uh, Johnny shoots folks like I <laughs> especially yeah. since his name's not Johnny. Yeah, that would have been even more confusing. I would Actually, have thought it was all It's John McClane. It is Johnny. It is as likely to be called Johnny. It goes by John. John, John right. or Jonathan McCain. Uh, McClane. Um, anyway, they, they did a reboot. It? Shut the fuck up. They did a reboot <laughs> yeah. um, of the Evil Dead, and it was nothing like the Evil Dead trilogy. Okay. Um, it was a very different beast. Uh, and but you know what? That's not true. It's something like it. They go to a, people go to a cabin. They read the Necronomicon Ex Mortis, uh -huh. and uh -huh. then d dead things come to life. That's you know. Uh, but strokes. it is it is its own beast, and it's very different. So it's a reboot. I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, speaking of requels, I just watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. Another great example because there's been a reboot and mm -hmm. a return, and <laughs> they. Did both in oh. that movie? Oh, really? Because uh, it's it it's not really a reboot so much, but it is a continuation, right? It's mm -hmm. supposed to be a sequel, mm. but it is also just kind of a, a remake of the first one, because there are so there's seventy five. I would say of the hundred elements <laughs> that are in this movie, seventy five percent are mm -hmm. references to the first one. Oh, all right. Even even down to little stupid things like. There was a whole conversation about Twinkies in the first one. And in this one, they open up a glove compartment and there is a Twinkie in there. Hmm. It's just, it's stuff like that. It's, yeah, yeah. you know, when people get annoyed by fan service, I, I, I was, I'm always like, well, what do they mean? Like, I don't, I like fan service. I'm a, I'm a fan. I like to be serviced. What are they, what are they complaining about? Yeah. But I, I actually started to see it in this one where I'm like, all right, guys, it's the same villain. It's the same. Yeah. yeah. It's the same. Um, what would you call it? Um, set at the end with the stairs mm -hmm. and the two uh the two uh the, the key master things. and the gatekeeper mm. Ugh, there's there's a a cute adorable ghost that's not slimer but it's slimer you know what i mean right. it's just <laughs> yeah, yeah anyway anyway so uh yeah i think it's more important to get a continuation correct uh yeah than a reboot yeah because that's in that's in that world i feel exactly the same way and i see people sometimes admittedly mostly before the age of the like real return popularity talking about um you know like oh they did this and they're gonna screw it up it's gonna suck and that never phased me at all you know it's like yeah if they do it and it sucks then like it doesn't touch the original in any way right you know like it would be nice if it didn't suck then you'd have more of something that you were really into yeah but um it doesn't in any way like disturb the original work. Whereas the returns are like, 
ah, you know, I really, I really wanted it to go that way. And yeah, there are people, way, you know, there are people who are vehemently against the sequels from Star Wars, right. the sequel trilogy, right, right. Um, because they don't like what it does to Luke Skywalker's oh, character, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which I found, I struggled with it as well, mm. originally, during the film. Right. By the end of the film, I was like, oh, that was perfect. That was awesome. Hmm. I love I love what they did with his character. Um, and it feels very in line with the Luke that I remember hmm. from the original trilogy. But there are people out there like, that's nothing like the original Luke. And I'm like, I don't think you were paying attention. But um, yeah, they, they're very upset because of how it affects the characters that they love later in the right. continuity. So I that was that. one thing. That was one thing about the sequels that I really didn't like was like, of the, what I would say, three major victories at the end of the original trilogy, none of them stayed. <laughs> you know, like, none of them worked. Mm-hmm. There's, like, Han and Leia getting together, Luke restarting the Jedi, you know, or maybe not the Jedi Order, but bringing that kind of thing back, mm-hmm. and the Empire Falls. Yeah. None of that <laughs> lasted, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas at the end of... Uh, at the end of Return of the Jedi, you're like, done and done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything mm-hmm. is great. And yeah. now it lives on in the in the wilds of my fantasy. Yeah. Um, but that actually kind of dovetails into the fan service thing. You know, it's like Star Wars and Star Trek both have had a lot of books and comics and all kinds, but primarily novels, like novel series where they really continue it. And I never got into reading those too much, but I read about them sometimes. Um, and sometimes I'll see something happen and I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, yeah. I'm glad that that happened in that that is now like the leading edge of continuity for those things where it was. And those seem to service fans very well. It's like, these are for people that like this. We're going to do things that they would like, you know, um, and, and they and people like it. Um, <laughs> and I think that there is something of it. There seems to be kind of a current. Where it's like, if it's fan service, if it's something that you would want to happen, then it's fine. That is bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we can't do that because that's not true art because mm-hmm. you want it to happen, <laughs> you know? And I don't, I don't like that attitude mm-hmm. in, in, you know, some modern entertainment where it's like, well, why not just do something that people think would be cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, plot matters. It's not just how well you tell the story, although that obviously is a big element of it. But sometimes I like something just because the plot turned out the way that I thought was cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. How? Uh, oh, says, episode six of Book of Boba Fett was so full of goodness, I felt like I was eight years old again. Yeah, I was thinking, actually, when you said we got six comics and that's it, I thought, hey, we could talk about... The Book of Boba Fett at some point. Well, we, at some point, yeah. We uh, Nolan and I discussed and we thought we would just do a wrap-up. Of the whole deal. When right, the right. episode's over. That makes sense. Next it week. is yeah. this coming week. Yeah, Even though like, this episode was very Let's cool. review it one, yeah. <laughs> one episode before the end. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I will say some cool stuff in this one, though. Yeah. yeah. The, the best two episodes of Boba Fett are Mandalorian episodes, but everyone has Absolutely. said that. That's, that's not a new opinion. It's not a hot take. Um, no. I guess maybe my hot take would be, I also like the Boba Fett stuff. I wasn't that's, enthralled that's by it. Take. I wasn't like, I can't wait. But yeah, I'd be like, oh, Boba yeah. Fett's on. I'll watch that. 
Yeah. yeah, me too. That was how I felt. I was like, that's definitely top of my list on a Wednesday if there's, you know, if I'm not catching up on something else. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm not like raring to go for it. Yeah. But this week was not I am now. Yeah, yeah. Yes, because that stuff was very cool too. Um, and that is more what I wanted from from Star Wars. And I was Wars very fan serviced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hal also said... What are your thoughts on the whole banning graphic novels like Mouse from school? I don't know why this is. A, huh. How is this a question? I am calm like, that. <laughs> how? Thank you for the question. Yeah. <laughs> how is this a question? I don't understand. Yeah. Hey, what do you guys think about banning books? Well, what, I don't think. Why is that a question? How, I don't think Hal 2814 was wondering if we were for or against. <laughs> no, I know. I know. But the fact, you know, it's, it's shit like. Yeah. What do you guys think about the world? Uh, you th- I don't know. Do you think it's flat? Mm, yeah. Maybe it's flat. And I, I know it's been, <laughs> guys, I know it's been proven, right? Like a bunch. But what if it was flat, though? Yeah. Now, like, I will say, having read their reasoning, which I do not fully trust. Um, I'm sorry, on re- mouse or, or on flat mouse. earth? We can get into the flat earth thing at another time. Okay. On our Here's- flat earth a podcast yeah where we discuss the merits of flat <laughs> of earth yeah. theory. Exactly. i don't know why it's called a theory it's clearly <laughs> flat clearly i mean look look at it <laughs> other than the mountains <laughs> yeah when i first saw it i guess we're talking about it right now like <laughs> 10 15 years ago i saw before it was like before i heard about it anywhere else i happened to i don't know how i came across it online the flat earth society yeah in there Frequently asked questions. Number one, is this a joke? <laughs> and it's like, no, this is not a joke. And, and at the time, it was just like a crazy curiosity, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's a more prevalent crazy curiosity. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but on to Mao's, not that I trust the explanation that they have given, but the explanation that they gave was like, this, this, and this panel we deem inappropriate, right? We don't want to expose kids to, like, these three or four panels. We thought about censoring them, which I would also not be in favor of. I think people should be exposed to it because I'm a big fan of uh, freedom and anti-censorship, but also because it's a really important work, and it tells an important story for people who maybe aren't exposed to that story. You know, I was exposed to that story my whole life because of my um, Jewish background. But um, if it's in a more understandable way that that the comic is, then that's good, you know? And also, there's the undercurrent of, is it just an excuse to get that out? Or you don't think it's that important because this isn't, because you're not that invested with this group of people's Plight. Continued livelihood, right? Um, and maybe they have some high or low level feelings against that. I don't know, and I don't want to make that claim for those for those school board members. But uh, yeah, in any way, it's bad. Hopefully, it's not the worst possible reason that it could be. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, when it I comes think, to the Holocaust, yeah, that's another thing. That was another thing that I, I heard that I was like, I'm sorry, there's people who think it didn't happen? They're just like, what if yeah. it didn't happen, though? Yeah. That's, Never that's mind old. all of the facts. 
Yeah. Uh, and proof. What? But what if it didn't? Um, just the fact that there are people who did. Just, I'm like, what do you mean they deny? Anyway. They're called uh, denier. That's actually been even before this more modern era. Um, that was something I remember going back to like Sunday school, them talking about like when I was a kid, like these people exist. These Holocaust deniers exist. Um, but yeah, anyway, sorry, go on. Oh, uh, just that, um, uh, yeah. If you're talking about something like the Holocaust with Mm. children, Mm -hmm. you're pro it's, I'm not concerned with, with them seeing the word damn or right. Mouse genitalia. Right. In, and I don't, I assume in a completely non-sexualized, like painful circumstance, right? Like, I don't know the exact panel that they're talking about, but, um. I believe the mouse is shown in a tub. Is that right? You can see the genitalia of the mouse. Right. Um, and it's, even if you're against that kind of thing, this is, uh, well, I say this. This is a very important topic to cover. This is not the only way to cover that topic, right? Right. What they should be doing, if they're going to do this, which they shouldn't be doing, is making sure that they are covering this topic in as hard-hitting and impactful of a way. Yeah. You know? Which, and also, yeah. if, you don't, if you don't want to sh- discuss mouse in mm. school, mm. just don't have it as part of the curriculum, Right. Like, like why that's is it mostly what is being talked about? Why I guess they're banned? also talking about pulling it from the library. I think that's yeah. what ban in a school means, though, right? Like, yeah. I don't know that that means that if a kid had one, well, they, they probably switch. would. Yeah. Right. I don't know. But I think what they mean is, like, we're, we're taking it out of the classroom and it will no longer be in the library. Right. That's, I don't know. I, that's yeah. fine, I guess. Yeah. Um, it just Stephen King had an interesting perspective. He was like, I don't have any problem with that. Because when you ban something... Kids run out and get it, yep. <laughs> you know? Sales of so. mouse have skyrocketed. Right, right, yeah. right. And there's yeah. there's even shops out there who are, uh, they say, if you live in that, was it Tennessee? Yeah, yeah. If you live in Tennessee and you need a copy, we will mail you one for free. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. There was a, awesome. a comic I could, professional. I, forget I was like, that's, that's super cool. I couldn't yeah. afford to do that, but no. good on you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm barely above drowning, but... Um, that's awesome. I love that they're doing that. Yeah. Um, um, what do you think, and, uh, Hal 2014? Anything we missed? Hal says, LOL, I knew uh, where y'all <laughs> stand on it. I was just wondering what you guys thought when it came about, uh, when it came about, um, when it came out about banning. About banning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's ridiculous. I don't think anything should be banned. Um, yeah, that is a, a deep issue for me. Like, censorship yeah. enrages me in a way that not anything else does, you know? Did you see that they're actually having book burnings now? Now, I mean, I think they've always done that. (laughs) This has led to book burnings? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this specifically, people who are like, no, it should be banned. We're going to burn them and something else. Yeah. 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 Um, I I think things need to be free, right? Like, information needs to be freely shared. You cannot stop anything because of Look at the long history of us censoring things that later we were like, oh, that was right, actually, right? Yeah. You need yeah. to leave everything open, even the stuff that you don't like. My stepdad has a an interesting thing to say about that. He says, there's no constitutional amendment against being offended, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's not part of it. And you don't need to protect things that nobody has a problem with. 
And I just think it's, it's very important to humanity for the free exchange of ideas to remain free and unfettered um, uh, just because that's how, that's how we progress and that's how we grow. And if you ban things, then we don't go down those avenues mm-hmm. and maybe one of those avenues is productive. And that gets into some tricky territory too with, you know, like I'm not advocating hate speech, but, um, you know, we just, people need to be free to share whatever kind of thing they want. Yeah. Um, Mars says, what grade level was this that they were concerned about? Eighth grade. Eighth, eighth grade. grade. Yeah. It, right? Coincidentally. I can even understand if it was like a pre, it's a preschool. Right. <laughs> 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 like here's a book about mice and some cats. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That would not be good. Eighth grade, it, interestingly, coincidentally, yeah. uh, the year after which most Jewish children would have been uh, through the rite of passage to adulthood of bar bar mitzvah. So that's seventh grade for most people when you're 13. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I just find that interesting that you yeah. are, can be counted as an adult. In some ways, mm-hmm. my dad pulled me aside. He said, Brian, this means you are on the path to becoming an adult. You still have to do what I say. Yes. <laughs> because he felt that that would be a necessary addendum. Like, you are not a, you are not a full adult yet. You don't get to just do whatever you want. Yeah, but, banning 13-year-olds from seeing the word damn and, like, seeing a mouse penis. Right. Ridiculous. Like, they haven't seen right? mouse penises before. Yeah. Who reaches the age of 13 without seeing, without seeing a, a mouse? Without seeing a, a plethora of mouse peni. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and if it's an impressionable age where they're worried about those kinds of things hurting them, then this is a good time to teach them about horrors that we should not forget, that we yeah. should not let be repeated, right? If that's an impressionable time, then this is a good impression. This is a good thing to impress upon them mm-hmm. um, the, the horrible things that happened at that time so that they can help make sure that it doesn't happen again. Yeah. I agree. I concur. Um, (laughs) Also, I just noticed that there's background music that you can loop. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Hold on. I like this. I knew it was about to break it down. Yes. I didn't know you could do this. This is awesome. This is new. This is pretty cool. Let's see. There's dance pop. There's a acoustic cinematic. Let's try that. All right. Damn. All right. This is fun. Get my John Mayer on. Into space. Let's see what it is. Getting into space. Shit. Jenny, I'm going into space. (laughs) No, come back. I turned it off. Hey. For the people listening, I just uh, almost went into space. (laughs) Couldn't see it, but it happened. (laughs) All right. Um, We have an email. Let's get to this email real quick. Let's do it. All right. Um, boop, pop, skiddly dee. Oh, how do I? Oh, no, I didn't have it. Oh, shit. 
I got it. Where's my... Well, that wasn't real quick. Here we go. Here uh, is. This is from Todd Engel. Question yes. is the name of the email. Oh. Hey, I was just reading the collected West Coast Avengers written and drawn by John Byrne. The art is still gorge, but the writing is even worse than I remember. Terrible characterization and sex oh, is even... I didn't even remember it. <laughs> Go on. Uh, the writing is even worse than I remember. Terrible characterization and sexist, even by 1990 standards. What artists who became writers do you think were especially good or bad? Burn must be the worst. Best, I guess? Frank Miller before he went crazy? So that is Todd Engel's email. Thank you so much. Wait, sorry, the question um, was, what artists do you think are, are good? What artists who became writers... Oh, who became writers. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah. Are the best oh. and the worst. Uh, he says John Byrne is the worst. Oh. Um, I would say Todd McFarlane is pretty bad. Oh. Uh, Oof. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. I've only yeah, read one issue of Spawn, and it was for this podcast. I don't think we ended up actually talking about it. Yeah. It was unimaginable it was like i was like how did this become published this is crazy (laughs) um and some of that was editing some of it was just like just like wrong words or spellings or punctuation or uh, but some of it was just like the phrases that he at one point he was like and i will sit on that throne and that will make me the king of hell (laughs) like yeah i know what sit on the throne means it's not um, yeah. Um, but, so uh, hold on a second. Kevin is in the, um, the chat saying, sorry for the outburst. I, I think didn't the see it. There's no outburst in the comments. I missed an entire comments. In Tennessee, not this stream might have been the outburst, but I don't think anybody took offense by anybody. I mean, no. me, cause I'm the only one that I really know. No, I feel like that's the, the end of a yeah. sentence. I don't know. In Tennessee, not this stream. But I I think there was more before that and it didn't come through. Anyway, yeah, yeah, Todd McFarlane, I was very excited about Todd McFarlane when he was taking over uh, Spider-Man because he was doing Amazing Spider-Man with J.M. DeMatteis, I believe. And um, I was so excited he's going to be writing it and drawing it. And it's a good looking book. But boy, howdy, are the words not great. Um, mm. Well, the words themselves were fine. The way he each, put them each together. Each individual word. Was, yeah, each individual yeah. word taken individually was fine. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. coming down on words. Um, <laughs> so uh, Todd McFarlane was awful, but I stick with my choice for Burn. Did Liefeld ever write? I, I'm sure he did. I am sure he did. Uh-oh. Aaron, am I back? There you are. You're back. Nobody's what? Okay, great. Nobody's what? what? Nobody's coming down on words, I said. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It made more sense. Did Liefeld ever write? I don't know if Liefeld ever wrote, but I hope not. Yeah. Um, I liked Burn Superman, though, right? That's the one I'm thinking. The Man of Steel, all that stuff. Yeah, Man of Steel was dope. He wrote that, too, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's I, mean, I will stand by his Man of Steel. That was fun. I will not stand by his Spider-Man Chapter 1. That was uh, well, a, nobody gets a, them all. a stinky garbage <laughs> fire. 
Now, you and I were in the shop the other day, several months ago, and we were mm -hmm. uh, talking about, like, oh, this Superman or that Superman, and when he first encounters the Eradicator and he gets, like, kind of Kryptonianified, you know, mm -hmm. and he's flying, standing up with the red and yeah. black, and, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we were like, oh, that, you know, that was awesome. We kept talking about, like, different things from that era that were yeah. very, very cool. And I think that was all Byrne. I think that was all yeah. still still John Byrne, right? In my recollection, yes. Yeah. Um, and they were awesome. I mean, that was yeah. a great era. Now, I haven't gone back and reread it, and maybe I wouldn't feel as into it. Um, both, I might be a little more aware of the sexism, both because of the changing of the times and the changing of my yeah. age. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I loved it at the time, at least. Um, I'm trying to think of who the best would be, like an artist who became a writer. Chip I mean, Sean Murphy's was an artist, wasn't he? Chip Zdarsky, yeah, he was. Yep. Yeah. He wrote um, and drew the Prison Funnies, and now he's just a writer, but he was an artist as well. And he's one of the best writers around right now, in my opinion. Oh, Terry yeah. Moore, get the f get out of here! It's Terry Moore. Terry Moore's the best. He's my he's favorite. The best. I don't think I've yep. ever read anything by him. Strangers in Paradise, Echo, yeah. Rachel Rising, Five Years, Serial. Yeah, Terry Moore is dope as hell. He's great. And he's a lovely human being. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I feel a little I went, bad. I went I feel back a little bad about got, talking about oh. Todd McFarlane that way. But the man is a great, uh, a great artist. I yes. met him once personally outside of Wizard World Comic Con, and he was very nice. And I only read one issue of the guy's writing, you know? He's at a 300 plus issue run of this of this comic. Yeah. So I mean, he's still writing it. Yeah. I, I went so, back and got John's Fantastic yeah. 4 cuz I had good memories, but reading it now, man, his run was so wordy. Wordy. Yeah. That was when She-Hulk was in the group for a time, I think. Mars Ooh. says, "Heck yeah, Terry Moore shops in my local comic shop." Sweet. What the heck? That's awesome. Are we, oh, is that around here? Mars Comics, are you in this in this area or are you elsewhere? Uh, well, Terry Moore doesn't live in Philly, so definitely not here. Oh. Well, maybe he makes a long drive or a plane ride all right, every week. Let's, all right, holy shit. It's been 34 minutes. Let's talk sure about has. some comics. Uh, Love Everlasting, number one from Tom King and Elsa Charitier. It's a romance comic about Ooh. romance comics. Hmm. And uh, so this is a Substack thing. Oh, Bedrock, Houston, oh. Texas, Bedrock City Comics ah. is where uh, is Mars's local comic shop. And that's cool. where Terry Moore shops. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So Substack, if anyone doesn't know, Substack is a new means by which creatives are emailing their subscribers comic books, right? Yes. Um, it's basically, there's no middleman. You sign up with, um, let's say Tom King, and you sign up and you pay him money, and he will email you, you know, uh, what are those things called? Uh, letters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An email, I think is what they An call. email, he'll email you emails, <laughs> uh, and sometimes um, he'll email you comic books that are, I guess, digital only, a PDF of a comic book. And so the new one, uh, it's called Sick With Love. No, Love Everlasting. Um, and it, Tom King is the writer and Elsa Ch Charretier, Charretier are, is the artist. And this is literally the, 
the way an old-fashioned comic book, uh, romance comic book would be put together. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way that Tales from the Crypt was an anthology, a horror anthology, there were old romance comics, and there would be two or three or four different little stories, little romance stories within that one issue. This is all like pre-comics code. Is the comics code what really brought that those down as well? Yes, I believe yeah. so. Um, but uh, yeah, and so he starts. I start reading it, and I'm like, "Yep, this is a romance comic." Mm-hmm. You read mm-hmm. the entire first chapter, and you're like, "Yep, oh, that's a romance comic." Oh, there's more. Okay, uh, this is this is cute. Um, the first thing I noticed was Elsa's art is very much in line with. Is it Jay Bone? And uh, Darwin Cook, which is yeah, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of Bruce yeah. Tim, a little bit of J Bone, a little bit of Darwin Cook. Ooh, it's I a lovely style. Yeah. Very lovely. Um, that's not it. No. Wait, is that literally really just? Artist. Did it? Hold on. I think the file I brought up is literally just one page of it. One bit. All right. <laughs> uh, whoops. It's um, yeah. The art is very evocative of the romance comics that it is homaging. Um, but has that, you know, that modern side feel too that, you know, that Darwin Cook and Bruce Tim and presumably the other person you mentioned who, with whom I'm not familiar. Um, Jay Bone? Yeah, I don't know him, but I bet I'd like him. Or her. Jay? One, I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's one of those deals where it's like, it's obviously modern in its production, but it is uh, very much uh, of the style that it's, um, that it's going for. You know, yeah. at that time, fifties maybe. Uh, I would say probably mm-hmm. those were yeah. That was and, their um, it's a lovely looking book, but very the first um, vignette is very much in line with a romance comic. And then as you go through the very next page, the very next one starts, and I go, mm-hmm. wait a minute, that looks mm-hmm. exact. That is drawn exactly like the woman we just saw. Wait a minute, Peterson. Her name's Joan Peterson. That's the same character. What is going on? Right, and then by the end of the issue, you discover that this poor woman is having going through new romance comics, but retaining some of the memories of the previous romance comic. So it's this same woman sort of quantum leaping through these romance comics, remembering previous romance comics, and sort of being driven insane by it. Uh, it is very, very cool. This is not what I expected at all when I saw that it was a romance comic. Uh, but this is very, very awesome. I, I was really tickled by this. Um, I'm curious to see what is actually going on. Um, and so at the very last page is another chapter in the vignette uh, or in the anthology. And it's just page one. And it ends with, ah, fuck. Uh, it just yeah. cuts off, cuts off during the first page, and it's what a great way to end this book. What a very cool project this is. I thought this was a lot of fun. What'd you think, Brian? Welcome back from hey, your frozen thank you. computer troubles. Thank you. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hopefully uh, that will be the last of them. <laughs> but yes. um, uh, I thought it was great. I similarly, I read the first one and I was like, all right, <laughs> that is yeah. that is a full. Romance story didn't turn out exactly like I thought it was going to, but I'm not like super invested, but it was good. Um, And then you get to the second one and there's a hint of something different happening where, you know, she keeps kind of like remembering the man from the first one 
Um, but still mostly just a regular romance story. And then you get to the third one and is that one page or no, there's a, are there three full? Yes. Um, in the third one, the old West one, it, and the, and these are all like tropes of romance stories from what I'm aware, you know, the, the secretary at the office, the girl who falls for the musician who her dad doesn't approve and yeah, beatnik, especially at that time, and then the Old West one. Um, and uh, in the Old West one, she starts to like figure out something's up, and um, oh, and maybe gets shot, <laughs> or that could have been somebody in behind her. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but uh, and then the, the way that he ended the last page, that they ended the last page, was great, right? And without ah, friends that, again. Oh no! Son of a biscuit! Shit. I'm, I'm just so suspenseful. I wonder what he was going to say. The last page. What was I going to say? Who knows? It's not right? good. Can't hear it. It's a secret. Well, I guess, I guess he's just going to be frozen for a while. So I'm going to continue. So, yeah, uh, this was really, really fun. Oh, there he is. The last page was great. Oh, shit. Uh, Mars Comics is asking, JD, are you subscribed to the Tom King Substack? How much is it? I, <laughs> um, hey, hey, there, oh, and you're frozen again. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, poor buddy. Oh, no. Uh, so, Mars, I am not subscribed to it, though I am tempted. Uh, I think Noel is the one who got it. So, I think Noel subscribed to check it out. So, um, yeah, I'm, I've, I've been really curious about these Substack things, but to be honest, I pay so much for Netflix, Disney Plus, um, Amazon Prime Video, whatever, uh, all of these different not cable channels. And then I also pay for comic book reading apps. And it was, it's just another thing, another subscription to have to pay for. I'm also, oh, I also pay a bunch of, um, uh, what are they called? Um, Patreon. Uh, you know, I have a Patreon myself, but I also pay other Patreons for other artists and stuff. So, um, it was just, it's a matter of these substacks. I'm going, I don't know if I can't afford it. I can't, I can't just keep plunking down money after money after money. And a lot of these substack, uh, setups have said that they're eventually going to see print. So when they see print, I'm hoping to be able to order them from my store and sell them at my store. You know, uh, I'm hoping these things do see print so that uh, they reach a wider audience. Um, so, yeah, uh, there he is, Brian. On the last page. Yes. <laughs> I hope they see print, too. Um, the, the way that they end the last page, without that, um, I'm being dramatic. Every night, yeah. Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, Kevin commented, maybe Brian is just being really dramatic tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, without that, I would have been like, yeah, I don't know. That yeah. being that being the case, I, I did want just a little bit more, you know, mm -hmm. just a little something about what's up. But this is also being told in a model that you're getting the next issue, I think, right? Like, yeah. unless you drop that subscription so it's mm -hmm. maybe a little closer to 
a serialized graphic novel than, um, and I only say serialized because of the way that this particular story is told. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's homaging serialized stories. Um, so yeah, the, the last panel did it for me. Um, also because it breaks the era that it's in, right? Saying, ah, fuck like that is a very modern phrasing. Um, yeah. And so I'm curious to see what happens next. Um, but Um, yeah. But yeah, I agreed. I I definitely want to read the next issue. Um, maybe, maybe Noel will share it with us because I think he subscribed to Tom King's Substack. I've been curious to do, um, I want to say it's, uh, Donnie Cates Substack. I'm very curious to see what he's, he's doing. Maybe I'll just Hmm. check out one of his things. Um, but here's my, here's, uh, because I can't speak to it, I wish Noel was here to tell us about it. But, you know, most people who are using the Substack or are subscribing to a Substack, I imagine hmm. might be reading it on their phone. So it's surprising to me that this isn't yeah. set up like Webtoons where it's a scrolling type of thing. Because this is a digital product. They are selling a digital product for people to yeah. read digitally. And it's surprising to me that it is laid out like a eight and a half by 11 ish comic book page and not a scroller. You know what I mean? Well, it may be that uh, at least Tom King hopes to publish it in, in print one day yes. or as yeah. or as a traditional digital comic as far as tradition extends for digital yeah. comics. But um, but I don't know. I wonder how many people are reading it on their phone versus a tablet or even computer. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. You know, who knows? I guess if you're subscribing to a Substack for comic books, you probably have a digital reader. It's a decent chance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sabretooth number one from Marvel Comics, written by Victor Laval, with art by Leonard Kirk. Down in a hole. Sabretooth went into the pit, sentenced to an eternity of torment. Sure, that sounds like hell, but maybe that's where he feels most at home. What's he been doing down there? What secret deal has changed his fate forever? And what if... He's not alone. Um, this, I had no interest in this. I had not a single shred of interest to read a uh, Sabretooth single, you know, uh, what was it called? Like a solo series. Yeah. And then this was actually pretty good. Yeah. I actually quite enjoyed this. I was surprised. Because yeah. um, I had forgotten, like, I remember way back in the beginning of Hoxpox. House of X, Powers of Ten by Hickman, the new status quo for the X-Men, for anyone who's not who's unaware. Sabretooth went on a mission and was just d- doing murder town all over the place. He was just, yeah. just making with the murder. And so on when he humans. came back on the humans. Right. And when they came back, um, the the quiet council was like, yo, bro, it's a it's a, a tad too much murder. Yeah. So uh, what we're gonna do is bury you alive inside Krakoa. Bye! Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm not I'm entirely sure if we've seen him since then. I don't think so. I mean, but, I haven't been reading, but that's my impression just from this book, is that we have not. Yeah, yeah. Mars yeah. Comics says uh, they liked uh, Sabretooth. Um, yes. Yeah, this was delightful. This was actually quite a bit of fun. Um, and I thought for a second, see, Sabretooth is one of those characters that doesn't feel well-rounded to me. He feels mm. like um, Wolverine, but meaner. Yeah. And he's never, he never seems to be more than that. He's always been a bastard. He continues to be a bastard. 
He always will be a bastard. Well, he's uh, but there is a segment in Wolverine. What's that? He's opposite Wolverine, right? He's in the yeah. tradition of like Bizarro. Bizarro, Reverse Flash, Moriarty is the first yeah. one that I know of. And so he's when he's a bad guy, like you don't always need more than that. Just like he's got all the powers of the hero, but he's bad. You right. know? He's a, he's but, just a real jerk. Yeah, yeah. Real jerk store. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh oh, so then he's he's been down there, and the cool thing is that um Krakoa is tapped into his mind and is mm. uh keeping him a, a mental prisoner. Mm-hmm. And so he uh makes a deal and his mind is set free, and he just as however he can mentally wreaking havoc and getting revenge on anyone who's he's ever wanted revenge on. And mm-hmm. he spends all this time going through all this. And then he goes, he sits down and he has a think. He, he ponders some shit and he's like, well, I've, I've done everything I've ever wanted to do. Now what? Now what am I going to become? And I thought, ah, here is a chance for some character development. This evil guy has gotten all the evil out of his system mm-hmm. and we're going to mm-hmm. get a new, new saber tooth. Hmm. Not the case. No. He continues, just becomes worse. He's like, well, I'm going to have my own hell and I'll be in charge of my own hell. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, yeah. come on. Uh, which is kind of fun because I, I imagine that was on purpose. Uh, I believe I was led down that path purposefully. Uh, yeah. To think that there was going to be some sort of, uh, you know, um, turn. Well, turn of the leaf. Star Jammers, you know, he's yeah. like the leader of the Star Jammers who are yeah. at least quasi good guys. Yeah. Usually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then it was like, no, I'm still going to be yeah. bad. I'm saving so, too. Kind of funny. Yeah. What yeah. did you think? Um, I liked it too. I similarly, oh, like, no. I don't, oh, again? <laughs> it's frozen again. God damn it. Oh, Brian. Oh. Mm. There he is. Am I back? I'm back. You're back. Fuck. It's very frustrating. I guess not. Yeah. Hey, I'm here twice. Hey, oh, there we go. So, Sabretooth, lest I disconnect again, I noticed something that I had never noticed before about the spelling of Sabretooth. I typed it out and in our notes. It is, it is spelled like the sword, not the Sabretooth cat. Uh-huh. It's S-A-B-R-E tooth. Yeah. Which I guess I had never really thought like... I typed in, I tried to figure out how Sabretooth Cat was spelled, and it's the other way. It's uh-huh. like S-A-B-E-R, which um, is wild to me. Like that <laughs> Sabretooth has been hiding this uh, other spelling in plain sight right in front of my eyes all these Oh years. my lord. Again? No, no, just... Oh, good. The oh, revelation is staggering. It just happened like an hour, two hours ago, and... <laughs> I guess I never really paid much attention to how either one was spelled, but it just never, never occurred to me. Anyway, the book, the book itself was good. Um, we had been kind of uh, primed. Noel said it was, he didn't expect much from it and it was very good. And, and I agreed. Um, I thought it was cool that the, the Krakoa and uh, Doug Ramsey, or no, is that Doug Ramsey? Cypher? Yeah. Um, they, 
make him that offer of like, hey, you've been put through these kind of worlds and you don't remember every time that you kind of live out like a brief period. How would you like to be free here? Because we don't think what the Quiet Council has done to you is is good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that that was a very cool turn yeah, to have agreed. them. Because I felt the same when we read it in uh, whatever early House of X Powers of Ten book it was. It was like, it seems very harsh. That yeah. had, you know, like a really harsh punishment that he has just kept immobile for eternity because mm-hmm. they can all come back and they just, they don't know what to do with them and he'll get loose and start killing people again. Um, so yeah, that was cool. I thought it was a little odd that he, you know, he does everything he ever wanted to do and he's like, well, I did everything I ever wanted to do. I'm like, well, but you didn't, you're just kind of living out this fantasy that right. you know is a fantasy. Like, does this not seem hollow to you at all? Mm-hmm. Mr. Tooth? Um, Mr. Tooth. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, apparently it doesn't. He's into it. Um, And yeah, I had the same thing. I was like, oh, it seems like something's happening. It's like, oh, nothing's happening. He's ruling hell. Uh, Although he's moved a little bit in the real world, which is a different kind of something happening. And uh, so now other, other people, I think, are down there in hell with him or in his world with him mm-hmm. which is formed into a hell. Uh, so Noel and yeah. I were talking about this and I was like, I don't know who these people are. And Noel said, yeah. Oh, neither do I. Cause yeah. I was under the impression I've fallen off the X books. I'm not reading them. So I thought maybe that something happened in one of the other main titles right, right. with these characters, they were introduced and now they did something terrible and now they've been banned. Um, but he says he hasn't seen them either. So they might uh, be all new. Madison Jeffries, I believe is somebody from before. That name sounds really familiar from like a, a long time ago in X-Men. Uh-huh. Um, all of the other ones, Oya seems like... Where are you like, seeing names? Uh, down at the bottom of that page on the left. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got like an at or there's something blocking it. I can't see him. Oh, well, oh, it I says... See, uh, I see now. There you go. Yeah. Um, Oya, Oya seems kind of familiar. And Madison Jeffries definitely is somebody from at some point in the past. I was going to look it up real quick, but I have disabled all other internets than my computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, this, this is much better than I anticipated. Very cool. Hmm. Yeah. Will I read Sabre, Sabre Tooth number two? No. Probably not. You will not, and I don't think I will either. But, cool. yeah. But I like this one. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Huh. Uh, oh, crossover number 11 from Image Comics... Written by Donny Cates with art by Jeff Shaw. For the longest time, as a boy, I always thought it was Geoff. Like G-E-O-F-F, Geoff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ellie, Ryan, and the rest of the crew close in on the shadowy figure taking out comics' finest. Murder, mayhem, spilled ink, ungodly revelations, puppies. The latest chapter has it all as we explore the insane world beyond the dome. So we had uh, talked about crossover before on this here show. Yeah. And when it first came, I was so excited about it. I thought it was going to be so cool. And it proved to be victim of my own expectations. You thought we were going to get actual characters that you had heard of since the 90s? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, the, one of the first things is like, oh, there's a character with an S on his chest. 
Mm-hmm. And that is not who I thought it was going to be. And to so, be fair, that was a pretty neat switcheroo. It was a neat switcheroo, but it was also yeah. a disappointing switcheroo. Yeah. And he, who is it, Donny Cates, had also yes. said beforehand, like, you won't believe who we, yeah. who we got, right? Uh, yeah. And but I was he like, was wrong. I'm prepared I to do, not believe it. Yeah. yeah. But you believed it, I bet. I, I did believe it. I believed it as well. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a bit of a disappointment. However, yeah. ever since that, yeah. uh, my, my, I've tempered my experience expectations. And now I think it's delightful. I think it's uh, I think it's a really fun book because uh, I have been reading comics for so long. I think this is a very specific comic for a very specific audience. And people of my age are it. Mm. I'm not of your age. What? And you're of your age. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, For me, Um, because I've read Powers. I've read Madman. I've read uh, a, a lot of the paybacks. I've read a lot of the comic books that are being referenced in this comic book. Hmm. Um, So for anyone who doesn't know, Crossover from Image is a series, a comic book series about what would happen if an entire city was decimated in an instant and replaced by a comic book city filled to the brim with comic book characters. Hmm. Uh, An entire city is laid to waste. Uh, to make room for this fictional comic book city. And a dome is erected to keep regular humans and the comic book characters separated. And we find out more about that. The government is involved uh, with trying to figure things out. Um, uh, Comic book relations to comic books in general and comic book stores are very different because of it, mm. which I think is kind of cool. And um, there's revelations. I, you know, this is one of those things that I think not enough people are reading, and I may be wrong there, but I am a little hesitant to spoil major plot points mm. because I think people should read it and catch up. Mm. Um, but there are very fun things like real-life comic book Creators are in the book and they're being murdered. Chip Zdarsky. Chip Zdarsky gets murdered. Um, And we meet other other real life comic book creators. Um, It's really a lot of fun. I'm having trouble um, describing because there's so much going on with it. But basically, you know, we meet a bunch of different characters in this world who are in that world are from comic books. Like the powers, you know, Dina, Pilgrim, and Christian Walker from Powers are in this, written in a very Bendis-y way. Mm. And there's even a scene where the person being interrogated by them is going, I'm not doing this. And they're like, doing what? <laughs> and like, I'm not doing this Bendis thing. I'm not going to do the Bendis thing. And then there's like a whole page of Bendis things. And she's like, fine, fuck, we'll do it. We're going to do it. We're going full Bendis. And they have a whole dialogue page where it's just dialogue back and forth. (laughs) So it's like really um, on the nose references like that. Uh, Speaking of fan service. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very fan servicey. Go ahead. Other other than Chip Zdarsky, uh, which we read for the, for the podcast, um, who the character that he met is like him. Did these characters, have they ever met their creators at any time? Well, that, there is a scene 
where um, Christian Walker and Dina Pilgrim are interviewing Brian Michael Bendis. That's cool. I like that. Get a t- taste of his own medicine there. Yeah. One we've dose. got but but there's the question, right? So yeah. we we can agree that these powers characters are created by Bendis mm-hmm. and exist because of Bendis and everything they have ever done up until this point is written by Bendis. Mm. But then they start to go, but you're there. Right. We're interviewing you. Yeah. You're just as confused as we are. So who's writing what we're saying now? Right. Like right? they are no longer being controlled by like their existence before coming into that world. Their ex- I don't know what you're about to say because you froze, but it sounds like you're about to say their existence isn't being controlled by a writer. I think he is. They are being controlled by a different writer. I think there is a different writer out there writing all of this. Uh, which is a very fun sort of meta uh, take. Uh, uh, and at the end here, we have uh, Negan showing up from Walking Dead. Uh, very, very cool. Uh, I really like this series. It started off, uh, my enjoyment of it was my own fault, um, just because of what I was expecting. Uh, the hype around it led me to believe it was going to be something different than it is. But now that I'm aware of what it is, it is more than I thought it was going to be. And it's very, very cool. So, Yeah. Hopefully you guys are out there checking it out. Uh, if you aren't, I highly recommend that you do. Um, I, I, part of me thinks that you have to be aware of a lot of the comic book characters before this point. Um, I feel like this is for people who've been reading comics for 20, 30 years, but maybe it's not. Maybe you could just dive in without knowing, and all you need to know is that there are fictional comic book characters, but also the creator's that created them in the comic book as well. And maybe it reads just as well. I'm not sure. He's back. Uh, Well, JD, that's not what I was going to say, but that is also an interesting idea that maybe somebody else is writing them now, writing all of them. Um, Because obviously this is not the real Brian Michael Bendis as we know, the real Brian Michael Bendis. Um, But uh, what I was going to say is that like their existence was created by Bendis and now they are something else. Having, you know, having come into this other world. Uh, mm-hmm. Although I typically am of the persuasion intellectually that it is most likely everything that can exist does exist. Like, I think mm-hmm. that that's a likely scenario. So these stories about like, well, this writer is creating this. We are fiction in some other reality, right? Or in some other mm-hmm. part of this reality, because that is also a thing that can exist. And anybody who doesn't like breaking the fourth wall, I bring this up like fairly regularly. So they must be upset. But uh, um, yeah, so it's interesting when they come in and they're like, well, Brian Michael Bendis wrote you um, in terms of if that is happening in the, in the real world, that's not the case, right? Like mm-hmm. they are just exactly the same as something Brian Michael Bendis wrote because that too is an expression of, of, one of the many possibilities of reality, right? Mm-hmm. They just, up until that point, exactly mimicked um, everything that he wrote in this comic. Sure, but I think for the for the this book specifically, I think there's oh, a yeah, writer yeah. writing it. Oh, yeah, it's very possible. I hadn't thought of that because um, I'm not reading this book. But that, uh, maybe I wouldn't have thought of it anyway, but it's a very interesting idea. Is it, um, is it too dark for you? Is that why? No. Um, no, I thought it was cool. The, huh. the ones that we read, I just, 
didn't keep up with it. Here's the other thing that is not grabbing me as much. I didn't read any of those comics, right? That's like, what my question was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, back when in the were, 90s. When you were frozen. Hmm. I was uh, yeah. asking, I wonder if this would be work at all for people yeah. who have no experience with any of these characters. It's, and I might not be the greatest case to test that on because even though I don't know these characters, I know comics, right? Yeah. Like I know that these are comics characters and I think it's cool that they're in there. And I know the guy who looks a lot like Dr. Strange, he probably acts a lot like Dr. Strange too, you know, mm -hmm. who was in one of the first few issues. Um, but uh, that aside, no, it's not really, it doesn't really grab me as much to me. It's yeah. just like, oh yeah, I know that these are characters from other stories and that part of the story is still cool and interesting, but there's no like, ah, the Savage Dragon is showing up, you know? Um, so I think he does. And he does, yeah. Yeah. It, and I the never, zombies from Walking Dead and... Right, right. Yeah. Um, I've never read either of those comics except one Savage Dragon that we read for the show. Right. Um, I, back in the nineties when a lot of this stuff is drawn from, I didn't read any image stuff. You know, I didn't yeah. read any non Marvel or DC stuff. Um, well, that's not entirely true, but I didn't read any of these, any of these things. And mm -hmm. I didn't get into that kind of stuff until a little later, um, until adulthood. But, uh, yeah, so it doesn't really intellectually, the exercise of it is cool, but I'm not getting any of the like, gotcha. ah, this guy is back, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's my worry, is that this really is dependent upon you being uh, me. Well, I think <laughs> it's, yeah, and I'm not, but so very few people are. But, you know what, though? Uh, in the multitude, yeah. there is a you that is me. I've often wondered that, right? Like, as infinity stretches out, can something be so different that it is a completely different thing, right? Like, if you have an infinite amount of apples, will you eventually get a... Uh, cucumber. Yes. You know? um, and is that part of the infinitude of apples anymore or is it something else, right? Or the infinitude um, of cucumbers. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, that is something that I have wondered. And it might just be our faulty understanding of the permutations of things, right? No other permutation that is similar to me is me, right? They're just mm -hmm. very, very similar to me. And then yeah. they get more and more different as, as time goes on. Um, the thing that tickles me is, yeah. and this isn't this is a different conversation, but sure. the idea About that things that tickle you, you you <laughs> <laughs> this uh, the idea that every so many years, eight years or something, mm -hmm. you are completely different cells. You know, I just saw a what may be a debunking of that. I just read the headline, and and it was like. Well, your cells regenerate at different rates and whatever. Yeah. But it's not like, yeah, it's not, they're not all begin and end at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a whole like axe handle, axe head, ship of Theseus thing. Yeah. Uh, like from WandaVision and Greek philosophy. Um, <laughs> but more but, importantly, WandaVision. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, it's on Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see uh, Heraclitus with his on own Disney Plus. weekly Disney Plus show. What right? a dickhead. Yeah, can't get on the same streaming service twice. <laughs> um, he said, you can't step in the same river twice, which is one of my favorite quotes um, from, uh, from philosophy. Wow. Uh, but, yeah. You can't step in the same river twice because it has to move 
It's not just that it does move, it has to, to be a river, right? You can step in the same area, but the water is different. Yeah. And yeah, it's, um, it's very interesting to me. That's There's neat. a lot to think about there. Yeah. Um, Heraclitus, uh, very few things that we have of his, and that's, that's one of the only like phrases of his hmm. that, that remains to this day. Um, but I don't know if the brain regenerates, right? I mean, I know you, I think you can Damn get it, Brian. Out. I thought uh. you were just pausing for dramatic effect and you're frozen again. Mars <laughs> says, I love that quote. Tomorrow does it? Well, does Brian, since uh, the internet has shut you up, I'm going to move us on to excellent number one from Marvel Comics, written by Peter Milligan with art by Mike Allred. And this is, bless me, x dash okay. Get it? It's finally here. They were loved by their adoring fans. They were reviled by the harsh press. They lived, they loved, they fought, and they died. A lot. All for the sake of fame. They were the Ecstatics. A team of mutant celebrities fighting for a brighter world and an even brighter spotlight. But they're old news now because there's a new mutant team that will live harder, love harder, fight harder, and die a whole lot harder than those has-beens. So for anyone who hasn't, or I guess... How do I say it? Um, there was a series by Peter Milligan and Mike Allred, I want to say 10 years ago, if not slightly longer than that. And it was called Ecstatics. Uh, it was X-Force. And then just one month, X-Force completely changed look, feel, plot, everything. Everything was completely different uh, just from one issue of X-Force to the next. And it eventually became Ecstatics, became a whole new book. And it was a really dark look at celebrity. And it was a, a team of mutants of X-Men that were hardly even related to the X-Men at all. Uh, that's where a dupe made his first appearance. Fan favorite uh -huh. dupe, uh, dupe, who I love. Uh, to this day, does not speak English. There is a key out there, a translation key, so that you can figure out what it is he's saying in his word bubbles. But you have to translate them. Uh, and it was I thought it was just such a fun, original, interesting take on the, the mutants that I hadn't really seen. It really felt like a breath of fresh air. Uh, I, I fell off eventually. I didn't read it to the end. I believe there's an omnibus out there that you could read the whole run of. Um, but it um, started off very strong. And now here it is again, called The Excellent. So in the first issue of Ecstatics, one of the, the big deals was that you are introduced to the team of, of the X-Force and the entire issue, it goes along as normal. You find out about them. And then there's a fight. And at the, the last page of the, of the issue, the leader, who I believe <laughs> was the main character up until that point, gets murdered. And you can see his intestines, like, dude does not live. You can see it here, I've pulled it up. Uh, there, there he is, missing his bottom half. Uh, he's been torn in two, and his guts are all leaking out of him. That's in the first issue? First issue of Ecstatics, yes. Oh, interesting. And I went, holy cats, what, are you kidding me? Uh, I'd never seen that before in an X-Men book. The, the, lead, the lead character was murdered. Uh, and then it goes on from there. And I don't remember, because I haven't finished Ecstatics all the way through, I, I'm under the impression we have never seen that guy zeitgeist again. Hmm. Um, so this issue is kind of neat because it picks up 
and it seems to pick up in the middle of a story, which is also kind of fun. Mm. Um, you know, there was a character called You Go Girl, and now her daughter is on this new team. There's just like the next iteration of the team, a reboot, if you will, of the team. And she's trying to figure out her name, and she finally figures out her name's going to be Gone Girl. It's a good or, name for a teleporter. Yeah, right? Gone Girl? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, also, You Go Girl. Like, you, yeah. the letter U dash go yeah. girl. I, I wonder if they were like, uh, this one isn't as culturally relevant anymore. Right. Oh, she's the one that's out. Yeah. Let's come up with a new one. And the yeah. funny thing is, I believe she's exactly the same character. She, it's not even like really? she looks much different. I think that is the exact same design as the previous You Go Girl. <laughs> That's but this cool. is supposed to be her daughter. That's um, cool. And so a new team has shown up called The Excellent, which is led by Zeitgeist, the guy who has been rebuilt and uh, has created a new team. And so it's the Ecstatics versus The Excellent. And uh, The Excellent have been sort of like terrorizing other celebrities just in, re- in ways that are just sort of um, inconvenient. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's really all that terrible, but it's like, they really inconvenience them. And it's all about clicks yeah. and views and, and social media and followers and all that sort of stuff. So it, this one doesn't really feel like it's saying anything particularly new or innovative. It really is just continuing the threads from the previous series as far as I can tell. Hmm. That being said, this was still a delight. Uh, I'm curious to see what you have to say about it, Brian, because these characters are all kind of dickheads. What did you they think? They are. They are. Um, I was very much looking forward to this. I wanted to make sure that this was one that we talked about. I never read Ecstatics, but I always wanted to. I just never picked it up or, you know, I think it uh, came out at a time when, you know, I really had to choose which comics I was going to spend money on. Absolutely. That week. Yeah. And, um, I love Mike and Laura Allred's work. Like, some of my favorite art. It's not by any means like standard comics art. And I think it's, I don't know, maybe my favorite of the like non-standard comics art, but that is so intrinsically comics-y. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, it's uh, in a very different way. Uh, homages an earlier time, a silver age kind of time. Um, I always felt. Um, so I, I am ready to read anything that, that Mike and Laura already do. Um, and I have a respect for Peter Milligan, even though I can't think of anything that he's written that I've read, but I feel like I like him. You know, I feel like I have mm. read things and I like what he does. Um, I, I wasn't that grabbed by this issue. Yeah. The art was amazing. And I liked looking at every, at every single page. Um, but yeah, there. I felt a little like, like what's going on? <laughs> what is yeah. what is happening in this book right now? Um, and I didn't have a lot to grab onto about what the general idea was. Um, yeah, it just in the, okay. In the story. Here's the. This is. This seems to be the idea. Hmm. What if there were superheroes mm-hmm. who were petty? Who were petty? Just petty. What if? What if they were petty? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it just—it it all seems like there's no stakes to it. I mean, obviously, my man here gets his his innards blown out. Right. That's some stakes. 
Yeah, that's some stakes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but as far as like what what they're fighting for is not engaged. It's not that doesn't interest me. They're fighting for more followers and yeah. for you know th- it, there there could have been something interesting to say about. Well, I guess it is kind of interesting. The interesting thing that they're saying is that, you know, we meet the ecstatics and they are filming, they are refilming elements of yes. their fight with ex, ex, the excellence, excellence. Yes. And um, making things look a little bit better for themselves. <laughs> and excellence has done the same thing quicker. And they're so pissed off that excellence has put out this really negative looking redo of their fight mm. that like makes them look evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're doing the same sort of thing. I think I, it seems like they weren't trying to make excellence look evil. They were just trying to get better shots or something or better, you know, right. poses or something. Whereas right. excellence was straight up making them look evil. Um, but I guess that was I, kind of the only thing it was like, you guys are complaining that they've done this while you're in the middle of trying to do something similar. Um, but that was really the only sort of interesting statement to be made, you know, of the hypocrisy of it all. Um, and so, I yeah. think I missed that part where the excellence had made them look bad specifically, not just, not just, uh, one up them, but made them look evil. You know what well, I mean? Well, I mean, look, I mean here, I, I'll bring it up. It's, it's up on the, on the screen right now. Yeah. And here is here is the fake iteration of X statics mm-hmm. put out by excellence. And you've got like there is a cat in the middle there just flying. There's a baby being knocked out of its crib. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah, they're doing some stuff that everyone is specifically uglier. Like, yeah. look, at the, look at the face that um, Mr. Sensitive is. Is that his name? Mr. Sensitive or something? The most sensitive man alive or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, if you look at him, he's like specifically made to look evil and. Yeah, ugly. that's true. That's true. Yeah. But the uh, fact that they're like, a good point. there's, there's puppies in danger and cats in danger and a baby in danger. So yeah. True. You know, what's weird too, is that the, I don't know what the guy's name is, but the guy with the streaks in his hair and the, the cybernetic hand. Yeah. Does not have that in the one where they have made well, him be- look. Evil. Yeah. Because they've hired an actor. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't in the budget to give him a CGI uh, bionic right, arm. Right, right. I guess not. I think it might have been helpful for me coming in with like very little understanding of what these characters were all about other than they're yeah. in some way media related yeah. to have seen that fight in reality mm-hmm. first and then see that each one is slanting it. But that would be a different take. You know, maybe he just wanted to show only yeah. the slants. You know, uh, yeah. at first the 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 what is it? Uh, Ran of it all. Ran like Ran. Uh, Adam. The planet that Adam Strange goes to. No, no. Oh. Um, <laughs> or maybe it's pronounced Ron. The Akira Kurosawa film where it's a oh, bunch of Rashomon. Rashomon. I'm sorry. Yes. I was thinking of uh, yeah. There's another Akira Kurosawa film. I I confused the name of it. Yeah, oh, Rashomon right of it all. I really thought that you meant Rand because of Strange Adventures that came mm. out recently, where it is kind yeah, of but, but, like... No, I didn't finish it. I just know that okay. there's like, he says one thing, but the truth is some other thing. Yes, you know? okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, and I Todd Engel... to hear what happened. Todd okay. Engel is in the um, 
the chat. He says, but it wasn't excellent. Mm. And I loved X4 slash Ecstatics. It tried hard, but didn't succeed. So, yeah. There you go. Um, it did try hard, right? There was a lot of oomph put into this. So it started out as X-Force. And yeah. just X-Force wasn't a title at the time. And he was like, hey, I'll do something no, with X-Force. No, X-Force was a title at the time. <laughs> oh, really? And then an X-Force story ended. Yeah. And the very next month was it a was complete this. reboot. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Not, I don't even think it was a new number one. I want right. to say it was just the next, let's say 14, and then all of yeah. a sudden 15 was this version of X-Force. Oh, that would be, and it was always Mike Allred doing the pencils. Yeah. and yeah. Neat, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, oh, he's so good. Um, all right. Hey, look, it's time for the promo block. Oh. Uh, in addition to liking and subscribing on YouTube, please like and follow us on Facebook. We stream there as well. You can, you can find us... Uh, Colts Pop Podcast. If you want to help us out with some money, you can go to patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo and help us out that way. We do have uh, more people than I thought would help us out is helping us out. And I really, really appreciate it. It's, it's really lovely. Um, but if you're not one of those people, if you can't afford to be one of those people, that is fine too. We love you just as much maybe slightly less. You can um, just share the show with your friends and hang out with us here live uh, every Monday night at 9 p.m. You can also leave us nice reviews on iTunes because uh, it's also on iTunes. Um, we edit it and put it up there. Um, so, uh, hi, Andrew. Andrew's our editor. Um, but yeah, um, and if you want comics, if you want a subscription, Hit me up at JD's Hero Complex at 4327 Main Street. We do mail-outs, um, special orders, anything you need. Uh, we will do it. Uh, and that's it. So, yeah. that that's We did it. We did the end. The promo block is over. Uh, um, no more promotions. Monkey Prince number one from DC Comics by Gene Luen Yang. And art by Bernard, Bernard Chang. Introducing the newest hero in the DCU, the great sage, equal to the heavens, better than his predecessor, the legendary Monkey King, even better than the Justice League, and definitely the Teen Titans. Actually, all the heroes combined. Everyone put your hands together for the Monkey Prince. Marcus' son moves around a lot because his adoptive parents are freelance hench people. So this month, he finds himself as the new kid in Gotham City High School, where a mysterious man with pig features asks Marcus to walk through a water curtain to reveal himself as who Marcus really is. Someone who has adventured through the journey to the West can transform into 72 different formations, can clone himself using his hairs, and is called... Hmm, the Monkey Prince. Brian, you take it away. You, you tell right. us what you thought about this book. I thought it was interesting. Um, I expected exactly this in many ways from this book, right? Like he's a uh, mythological kind of character. He's looks a little uh, off the wall and it reminds me of a lot of the sort of intro characters again in the nineties in DC where they're like, let's take this very specific thing and create a character about this that will, um, will showcase you know, this, uh, either this mythology or whatever it is, right? Um, and it, like many brand new characters that have never 
been introduced in any other place, right? Like a lot of characters that get their own book premiered in Detective Comics or whatever, right? And so it's a different kind of thing in an ongoing universe when you have a, a new number one with somebody that's never been around before. And I thought they did a, a pretty good job of bringing him in to the DC universe. I think his relationship with Batman is very interesting. Yes. That uh, he is terrified of Batman. Uh, like Batman is the source of his living in fear all the time, mm-hmm. you know, because Batman broke in to his house, and beat up his parents. Um, and then when he saw that there was a kid around, he, you know, he left and Batman was going after some hench people. Right. But we didn't know that he doesn't know that. And um, I thought finding that out in the book was very cool, too, where, you know, they they travel around. They go to a lot of cities where there are superheroes, Bloodhaven, Opal City and uh, Keystone are the ones that they mention. And then they're back in Gotham and they're very nice people to well, the mom is at least so far to to him. But they're also hench people for the penguin right now. Right. And I also I find that to be a fun kind of uh, ongoing universe kind of idea um, that these hench people are like freelance, that they, you know, Joker gets thrown in in jail. And then so maybe they kind of drift over to the Riddler or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's like their job done very well in Venture Brothers um, that uh, it's a fun kind of like just exploration of that sort of thing. So, yeah, um, by the end of it, of course, he meets Batman again and uh, and comes into conflict conflict with him. I'm interested to see where that goes. I don't know that I will pick up the second issue, but I like books that are based on mythology. Um, I've heard of the Monkey King and, uh, you know, it's interesting. He's got a, he certainly has a not unique, but distinctive personality uh, that is well written into the book. What'd you think? Well, I love the first half of it. All the things yeah. that we were talking about, about the uh, hench folk mm-hmm. and the trauma caused by Batman. Uh-huh. Very, very cool. Very cool yeah. origin story for uh, a character, for a hero. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the trouble of Batman being confused that the mother uh that the husband and wife team who are hench folk have a child in the house yeah he probably would have found that out beforehand yeah yeah it's not like the 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 boy has a room the boy has his own room it's not like he's hiding in a closet he he lives on you know he lives like harry potter under the stairs and batman has a room Like, he knows the address. He went there on purpose. He didn't chase anybody there. Yeah, Batman does recon. He breaks in. Yeah, he knows that there's a kid there. So the fact that he's like, there's a child in the house? Yeah. Bro, you're Batman. What what are you talking about? Of course, how would you not know? But that's that's fine. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And I I like the the different, the anxiety and the different ways that mm. different things bring back that very traumatic night to this boy. I think that's all yeah. very interesting and very cool. The uh, the thing with the penguin is a nice little scene with the... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know what that... What is that? There's some sort of genie in a bottle type dragons? The, <laughs> uh, I think they, they say... 
what it is. I forget. Oh, it's a, in the eighth is a golden demon. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, the art is a lot of fun. I think the art is spot on for this book. It's yeah. a really good yeah. looking book. Uh, the problem is I don't care about the monkey prince as a yeah. character, like what he becomes and his little pig buddy. That's yeah. where they lose me, which yeah. is the, the main point of the whole crux of the book is this. It's all building and, to that. Yeah. <laughs> that's all a precursor to like the monkey prince. So right. yeah, that this I'm not so into. I don't really care. Uh, Noel and I were talking about it before the show. And we agreed this might have been better as a graphic novel, as an all-ages mm. graphic novel. Uh, a 12-issue monthly issue, mm. not, not for me. I'm not going to keep up with this at all. But if it, it, was, if it was like one volume, mm. I might have blown right through it and had a different opinion. But this is, first issue is not enough. And I don't find the kid to be engaging enough or interesting enough. I find him a little annoying. Mm. The, he's, he's got a lot of energy. Uh, he does. And he, he reads he does. that way. Especially so. once he becomes the monkey prince. Yes. Even worse um, when he becomes the monkey prince. Yeah. yeah. It, it does. Um, it takes on a very all ages or YA tone when he becomes the monkey prince. Yeah. Um, there's also stuff that like being surrounded by the burps or whatever that uh, have what seems to be, uh, from my understanding, like a uh, Asian story trope kind of feel, mm-hmm. from what I understand. You know, like the kinds of things that you would see in anime and that kind of thing, which is not something that I traditionally gravitate to, um, although I yeah. do like that mythology. So. He travels around on burp clouds. Yeah, or at least that those clouds surrounded him as burps. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if when he travels around on them, they are also burps. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it might be that that stuff came out of the pig guy as a burp and that that stuff is like some other kind of thing. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the art's really good. I, again, I probably won't read the second issue, but, but I did enjoy it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I feel like if this is your bag, it's very well yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I think it does slant a little younger. Yeah. Than you and I like it's aimed to. I mean, it's a kid in high school is yeah. the <laughs> is the thing. So it seems like an attempt at, um, and hopefully for them a successful attempt at um, a new teen hero. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah, uh, I'll, so. I'll point I'll point kids towards it when they come in the shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you right. say anything, or you just kind of just point point at them and yeah. then at the book. Yeah. Fantastic Four, Reckoning War, Alpha Number One, Marvel Comics, Dan Slott and Valerio Shidi. Fifteen years in the making, and it all kicks off here. Wait, didn't it kick off fifteen years ago? Yeah. In a time no, before the Kree, Scroll and Shaar empires, before the emergence of Galactus, before the birth of Asgard, there was the first war, the greatest war to ever rage across the multiverse. Today. It is reignited. This is the day of reckoning, and all that stands between all of reality and revenge from the dawn of time are the heroes of Earth, the Fantastic Four, and the mind of Mr. Fantastic. Starring the FF, She-Hulk, Jack of Hearts, the Unseen, the Silver Surfer, and everyone in the whole damn Marvel Universe. Sweet. Uh, I have not been keeping up with Dan Slott's Fantastic Four run, but what I read of it, I do enjoy. And I enjoyed this. 
This was also a lot of fun. I, there was uh, one particular page in here that I was actually delighted to see. And it just felt like an old school comic book team up page. Uh, we, you know, go through the whole thing and then we are treated to this page where mm. you just have, you know, Spider-Man, Ben Riley is saving an old woman and then blowing by him are a bunch of uh, the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, Captain Marvel, uh, Sunfire, Iron Man. It, very cool page. I was yeah. really, it's a very old school, delightful page. Yeah, you're right. This is like Infinity Gauntlet era. Yeah. Look, like, look, everybody's here kind of stuff. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, I don't really care about the Badoon. Uh, I'm not entirely sure I know who the Badoon are. Um, I just, yeah, don't really care about them. I do like that Nick Fury is no longer the unseen. He's just Nick Fury again, and he's become the yeah. herald of Uatu, the Watcher. Yeah. So that is a much more interesting dynamic. Although, it seems like Uatu might not be around again. Uh, um, I have a feeling we'll see him. Yeah. But basically, this is a story where... Uh, we get the origins of the Watchers and the reasons that they have become the Watchers and what they were before they were the Watchers and swore not to interfere with um, mortal events. And uh, that was all pretty interesting, actually. It was all very cool. Yeah. Very classic Marvel cosmic comic booking meets Marvel um, Earth. Yeah. I need a little bit of Earth on my Marvel cosmic to uh, be interested. So it's there. Uh, this was actually you know, a lot of fun. I'm definitely space. gonna keep up with this. What did you think? I thought it was great. Oh uh, shit. You're frozen. <laughs> Holy cats. I loved it. All right. Uh, it was Isn't nice frozen? to see She-Hulk back. Hey. There he is. Oh, oh nope, he's gone. <laughs> um, and the interesting thing here is She-Hulk number one, um, Jack of Hearts shows up at the end and he like collapses at her door and now he seems just fine and hanging out with She-Hulk. So I wonder if this was supposed to come out a couple of issues into the She-Hulk run and not now. Uh, but go ahead, Brian. Are you returned? Well, I've returned. I thought I had fixed the problem, but uh, here we are. But apparently I was so into this that I was like, what are the other parts of this story? Where is it going? Because I thought this was just the Fantastic Four Reckoning War number one. I thought, oh, that's odd that it starts with a Fantastic Four thing. It's not its own event, um, but I thought that it was. In the course of finding that out, I saw that She-Hulk number three is ah, so a it is. prelude also. to the, Yeah, so I think mm. we just read number one like a couple of weeks ago, I think, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Like a week ago, um, I think? Yeah. It's something, yeah. Uh, is Dan Slott writing that also? What kind of Girl Scout cookies have you got there? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, I've got peanut butter patties. Ooh. And I've got shortbread and Noel's favorite, the toast toastier, which is, is a um, French toast flavored cookie. That does sound really good. Is that new? Yeah, it's brand house? new. Yeah, I think it's new oh. this year. I like the sound of that. Although thin mints, I haven't had toastiers, but thin mints to me are the quintessential. I used to love thin mints, house. but uh, I no longer enjoy them. I don't know if the the oh. flavor changed somehow or what, but. Mm. You know but what yeah. I discovered a little while ago? They're just chocolate or uh, chocolate graham crackers with hmm. mint. Oh, I love them. Um, that looks good. That looks good, too. I do like those. 
uh, if they're the kind that they look like they are. But, so anyway, the I loved this comic. I thought this was great. I think this was the my favorite thing that I read this week. It was just straight up Marvel crossover, just like I like to see it done. You know, mm-hmm. um, cosmic especially uh, is very cool for me. A lot of the the gathered heroes in this mm-hmm. first episode, or I mean, you got the Fantastic Four. And then a cool selection of other uh, X Men and and uh, Avengers and what have Spider Man is there. It's great, you know. Silver Surfer is there. Doom is off on some reality saving mission because Doom will do that kind of thing sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's a he's always out for his own ends, but uh, existing in the universe is pretty high up on his list. And I always like it when Doom is like, I got to work with the good guys this time. Or at least to their same goals. You know, it's uh, it's always interesting. Um, yeah, I thought the Badoon were those insect-type X-Men villains. But I guess those that's are the Brood. Else. Those are the Brood. I've definitely heard, because I'm like, where's the Badoon? They keep talking about the Badoon. Who are these? <laughs> <laughs> these Schmendrix. Badoon? Uh, right. So I guess these are the Badoon. But yeah, um, yeah I. Uh, I remember the name happening a lot, but I guess I don't, I haven't had much experience with them. Um, I thought this was a great, uh, I'll digress from that from a sec for a second. Cause we're on this page where they talk about how she Hulk was taken to this time a long time ago, shown the end of the world and that she was responsible. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I wonder if that actually, you know, like, and then the, the editorial note says, yeah, that happened in 2005. Yeah. And that's awesome. How many future stories where they are taken to an alternate possible or a dark possible future do they ever actually get to? You know? Mm-hmm. That's Very the cool thing few. about Dan Slott. Some people yeah. give Dan Slott a hard time. Mm. Um, but I, I think he he's really good at this. He will take, like, yeah. I want to say in his, in amazing, his amazing Spider-Man run. Mm-hmm. There was the company that eventually, you know, becomes the... Alchemax. The, the impetus for um, yeah. Spider-Man 2099. Yeah. And he was able to take two existing entities and mm-hmm. merge them so that they become that. Yeah. So that when a, when Spider-Man 2099 happens, it's it's there. It's in place. That is cool. That and is he's very done, cool. Yeah, and he's done the same thing here where I'm assuming... The She-Hulk from 2005 was the one that Dan Slott was writing. I assume. Yeah, yeah. And um, he's going back and referring to his own thing that he wrote back in 2005 and actually making it come to fruition. I love that shit. Yeah, me too. And and especially this one. um, So he did write it. I didn't read that, but I I read uh, an article about this saying that he did. I think this one is above and beyond. Because that was a time travel story where she goes into the future, you know, and she sees these events. And it's actually been in the real world long enough, even though time passes differently, you know, for them. Um, So, yeah, uh, I I thought that was great. Um, There's another great scene here where the Silver Surfer shows up and he's like, wait, what are you talking about? Uh, You're you're the griever at the end of all things. You can't be here. And she's like, bitch. Why do you yeah. think I'm here? I'm yeah. at the end of all things. This is where, where I've been. Where do you think you are, Norrin? <laughs> oh, I thought that was, I was like, what a reveal. 
Yeah. yeah. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Oh, brutal. And oh, and that's another cool, like, maybe not quite the same or maybe quite the same, depending on if we've seen her before. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that uh, I totally agree. That was awesome. And a truly great payoff to a really classic old Marvel thing that um, why the Watchers became the Watchers. Mm-hmm. Like that was always their deal was that they gave technology to somebody, some race, um, and that species misused it in some way and the Watchers withdrew. But I, I don't think we ever really got the full story. And this does it justice, right? Like yeah. it's very hard to have this thing that that is hinted at and then tell you what it actually is. Mm-hmm. And have it live up to that hint, yeah. you know, um, and he does it. I mean, that is, it is a sufficiently large event and well enough told that you're like, oh, yeah, the Watchers, I could see them withdrawing from that. Yeah. And that is the kind of thing that could happen at the dawn of the Marvel Universe. And it fits exactly in with all of their pre-established continuity. Um, I don't know that we ever got the name of the species before. Um, right. Not that that matters, but uh, just it would be interesting if it was if it was this, um, and I'm sure if we've gotten the name before, it was this, um, and uh, yeah, I, I was I really found that satisfying that thing that is so rarely done, where the yep. that gestured at story element is realized and in a good way, and then you get some some Kirby dot eyes from Mister Fantastic right at the end there, oh, which yeah. I'm all about. Yeah, those glowy eyes with the dots. Oh, it's great. Classic. classic I am Reed style. Richards, Mr. Fantastic, and I know everything. Yeah, that is cool. Classic this was, Reed. This was fun. Also, also, I think they even told us, because I, I was like, but the Watcher just came back. <laughs> what, are you, right. what are you doing? Is he gone? Come on now. Did they teleport somewhere? And uh, they told us in the, in the history of when the Watchers were first, before they were called the Watchers, they were called the Luminescence. Mm-hmm. And the thing, a thing that they can do that they learned that he mentions as part of their early uh, power is transform themselves into light and go wherever they want. Yeah. That's like one of their earliest capabilities. Mm-hmm. So I assume that he did that right yeah. before, yeah. you know, cause this is important stuff. He's got to get there. Mm-hmm. And talk to the other watchers, you know, and what a cool thing too! like, we finally come to the thing that the watchers will intervene for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it fits yeah. right in. It's not just like, oh, yeah, we always knew we'd intervene about something. It's like, no, no, no. This is the reason that we intervened last time and decided never to do it again. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, cool. Very interesting. Very good. Yeah. I'm way into this. Um, I'll tell you what I'm not into. What is it? Our next book. It's called Savage Spider-Man, number one, from Marvel Uh Comics, (laughs) written by Joe Kelly with art by Gerardo Sandoval. Spider-Man like you've never seen him before. Peter Parker finds himself at the middle of the biggest, most wide-ranging adventure he's ever had now. And out of the gate, it has turned him into a savage beast. Forget everything you know about Spider-Man. All rules and regulations and quality are out the door, and Peter Parker may never be the same. I don't want to forget everything I ever knew about Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> boy, oh boy. Uh, so this, I didn't realize this until it came out, but if you look at the cover here, Savage Spider-Man yeah. exists on top of non-stop Spider-Man. 
He's like composite, composite Superman with the half Superman, half Batman. They said he is half Spider. Yeah. Um, but like the title, um, this this was originally the next issue of Nonstop Spider-Man, oh, but they nice. decided to make it Savage Spider-Man number one. Mm. So this is a direct continuation of Nonstop Spider-Man. Direct. Yeah. It's yeah. the very next issue. Yeah. Like, I and didn't even it, realize that it was a number one, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. I thought that was just one of their crazy things where, you know, they'll cover up the... Oh, I, I see. Like, maybe it's Amazing yeah, yeah. Spider-Man, but it's really not. Yeah. Yeah, that kind yeah, of thing. That's, yeah, this was awful. I <laughs> was... Uh, basically, we've got Spider-Man, and he's on an island, and uh, he's been... the drug. This drug has turned him into uh, a spider creature. Uh... That mm. just goes, eat, drink, survive. And he just is monosyllabic, much like the Hulk used to be. Mm. And um, the art is uh, not for me. I'm not a big mm. fan of the art. It's very much in line with Joe Matt Herrera, uh, Joe Matt from the 90s, um, but not as interesting for me. Mm. Um, and I wonder if it would have been if you had seen it in the 90s, right? If, is it yeah. just like, eh, I've seen this kind of thing. It's just, um, and he's fighting a bunch of, I don't even know what they are, zombie type people. Um, and then, and then there's this group of folks who show up and I'm not quite sure who they are. It very much depends. There's a giant brain. I guess that's a giant brain. I don't know what the I, That's my understanding. That's, that's what I'm thinking it it's is. It's gotta be. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think these people are splitting up the world into different domains of theirs. I don't know Yeah, how they hope to um, do that. I'm thinking like <laughs> Captain Planet. Um, they feel very much like from Captain Planet. And uh, then at the end, Spider-Man spits out from his throat red yeah. webbing, sure. which then somehow makes him control the other zombie ca- characters that he was... God, I hated yeah. this. I could when I was done, I was relieved. Um, <laughs> this was such a, this was so painful to get through. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily, it only took me about two minutes. Yeah, there's not that many words. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the ones that are, are boring. <laughs> and, they're, and they're short words. Ah. They're very short words in there. Gosh. Um, what did you think? Uh, I didn't think that much more kindly about it than you did. Um, maybe slightly. I remembered nonstop Spider-Man mm. and reading it for the show and what we all thought about that. And this was very similar, right? This is very much like, here's a bunch of Spider-Man action. Yeah. <laughs> like that's all you get. It's just this kind of breakneck pace, but not necessarily in a fun way, more of in a like, here's a, Here's a bunch of panels that flow one to the next in a very heavy kind of set. You know, like the lines and all that are very, it's almost, it's like glaring. The It's so aggressive. The, the style, it's a very aggressive. Yeah, exactly. The motion through the story is very aggressive. Um, and I think that's what they're going for. And they certainly do accomplish that. But I'm not that into it. You, you know, know what it is? This well, reminds me of the worst of the 90s Spider-Man stuff. Yeah, I can see that. Things like maximum clonage. Mm. Thank God it didn't have a chromium cover, but like, 
Yeah, this yeah, this feels like the worst of what I had to slog through in the '90s with Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, well, I did enjoy Maximum Clonage at the time, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> Maximum um, Clonage, the one shot. Oh no, 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 no! I don't know. I don't. I remember it coming out, but I don't remember if I liked it or not. Maximum I Clonage was part of the Clone Saga. Right. I enjoyed about Maximum Carnage. Saga. No, no, I enjoyed the Clone Saga. Okay. Um, but that was a much larger saga than Maximum yeah, Carnage. Yeah. Uh, Maximum Carnage was really good, too. Um, although Maximum Carnage, as I might have pronounced it at the time, thinking that that's how he pronounced it. Carnage. I did. Somebody, one of our, one of our friends here uh, pointed out why I probably thought that. In Tailspin, there was a character named Don Carnage. Oh. And so I never made that connection. It's not like I thought, like, oh, that must be how it's pronounced. But I just assumed that it was pronounced Carnage just because it's, I don't know, it's a character's name. Never realizing, but that is probably why I thought that. Um, gotcha. If you look at this this uh, panel, this page, towards the end where the, there's a globe and the different characters' names are on the different continents that they hope to rule over, this is a very 90s yep. costume design. You know what I mean? That guy looks like the guy... From Asteroid M, he's on yeah. the Quiet Council now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. I forget what they call him, but Exodus maybe. Um, he looks just like him, yeah. um, and they all have kind of that that style, you know, in costume design. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that kind of costume design, but it is very much. Uh, reminiscent of that era, nineties yeah. aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. And not one that is known for its great costume designs, but it does have some good ones, you know. Yeah. Um, and none of these are bad. Like, they don't, they're not egregious costumes. They just look very much like that. Um, yeah, he spits out the red stuff through his mouth, like spiders spit out their red stuff, I guess, into when they control other beings. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know. You've, yeah. As they do. It, yeah, exactly. That never happened to you, but you know that it can. <laughs> and, um, we're all well aware. Yeah, but, yeah. We're well aware. <laughs> but, um, uh. And Baron Zemo is around. I don't know why. <laughs> if, you know, like, he must be there for some reason. He seems to know why. Yeah. And it's like he's been in conflict with Spider-Man, which would be maybe more understandable if this was nonstop Spider-Man issue number five or 20 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But for this being number one, I don't think they give any particular reason. No, for because the events you had of to have story. read all of nonstop right. Spider-Man. Right. And they give you like a little, uh, these people injected Spider-Man with this thing and they dropped him on a desert Island with Hydra leader Baron Zemo. <laughs> so why? Like, okay, like, cool. Oh, we got an Island. You know what? I bet it's that island that they talk about later. But where it's going to be like a prison island or something. Sure. Um, I don't know. But uh, The Isle of the yeah, Damned. That's, that's the one. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It, so I knew what I was getting into when I started this. And so I wasn't like... I wasn't that upset about it. Because I knew that it was going to be this like... Very motion action heavy. Yeah. Very little to for me to get into, you know, and mm -hmm. the art style would be the, you know, and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, this is not a comic that I would 
choose to read in a very different way. It feels like a YA kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that might be their goal. Like, look, this is something you can hand to anybody who just likes the concept of Spider-Man, you know, but no, you can't, you have to read the other six issues of nonstop. Oh no, sorry. I mean, nonstop. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. No, this one. No, definitely not. But just like, um, if you just like Spider-Man, but you're not in with all of what's happening with Spider-Man, it's a very general generic Spider-Man kind of thing that is very light on your involvement in the story, you know? And even this is one that, you know, I don't know if it just changes with age, but when I was a kid, you know, I could, I could pick up part seven of nine and be like, this is great, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. or part, part one of a story. And I never find the second part, but I'm still into it, you know? So, Okay, I have I have the copy here of Nonstop Spider-Man, the trade paperback. Here we go. And um, you've got the 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 first storyline, which is the yeah. first four issues, which is all written by Joe Kelly and drawn by Chris Bacchalo. Mm-hmm. And then number five happens, mm. issue five. And you have two pages that are drawn by Chris Pacello. And then it jumps to another artist. And then that's like maybe three pages of, oh, three pages of that artist. And then it is taken over by Gerardo, Gerardo Sandoval. A weird choice. And then the very last issue of the whole series ends with... Him on him on the island with Baron Zemo looking like a uh, a huh. giant spider. Sure. And that is what they've decided to do. And then they were like, "Let's stop nonstop Spider Man." Yeah. And we'll change it to Savage Spider Man number one. That what must a be piece a of shit! Thing, that right? sucks. That, that sucks. must be that, that that must be a non creative decision. I would think. Yeah. Like some person in marketing was like. Hey, this savage Spider-Man on a Spider-Man island, you know, on some island. Mm-hmm. This should be a new, and this this is marketed to people who are not regular Spider-Man readers, right? Yeah. I mean, it's maybe marketed to them too, but we're also trying to hook people who are just like curious There's to pick up a one. Spider-Man comic. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just you know, I would feel differently about it if nonstop Spider-Man ended the end of the story. And then this Savage number one mm. starts off the same way it does, yeah. but then it goes back to tell you how we got to this point. Yeah. And it actually is a number one. Right. This is quite literally issue seven. seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which also you would think would be in their best interest, unless the whole comic was completed before that decision was made. Yeah. You know, you'd think it would be in their best interest to do that. Yep. Because then you can you can make a trade of this or just a single issue and somebody yeah. who um, you know wants that kind of like a lot of the a lot of the all ages comics are this kind of thing where it's just like essence of character told you know like the yeah. Thor and Loki one is just yeah. like the essence of Thor and Loki is told totally into that um, totally into that. And that's got to be what, I mean, it doesn't have to be, but I assume that's what they're going for. 
And uh, yeah, one page, one page of like yep. how this happened would suffice. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I didn't do any of that. No. So I'm, this sucks. Uh, I can't, yeah. I'm not gonna, nope, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, honestly, after the first issue that we read of nonstop, I haven't gotten any of the other issues. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But. Yeah. It's just weird. I'm the Spidey guy. And it feels yeah. weird for me to be like, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You d- you done me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I don't usually, I'm not usually that way. Anyway, uh, yeah. you can email us your thoughts yeah. and opinions. If you go, to, if you email us at um, cultpopgo at gmail.com, you can help us out by going to patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. You can just come hang out with us Monday nights when we live stream and chat with us. Uh, that's the most fun is when you guys are down there in the chat uh, hanging out with us. And oh, before um, we before we sign off, I just want to uh, to add that um, I I checked it with my girlfriend who has a doctorate in uh, something related to neuroscience in a, in a way, and she confirmed that you do have some brain cells from when you were born. Still, yes, like, the I brain knew it. regenerates, but yeah, you are not completely remade every seven years. Ah. Um, now, on a quantum level, you might, like, things pop in and out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you might have completely rejuvenated just like any object might have. But that's a completely different way. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mars Comics. Mars Comics says, great show, guys. To us, thanks. Yeah. And we say thank you to you. I do, anyway. That's always so nice. Mars always, even yeah. after we, like, we sign off, sometimes I'll see that she had posted, great show. It's like, oh, yeah. thank, thank you. Thank you. All right, Mars and everyone else, thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah! Oh, 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 oh,